Welcome back to the Mountains and the Sea. I'm Christy. This is Josh. And we're so glad you're back with us today. We are at the third album of the three-disc Lotus Flower, Bria Valente's Elixir. As Jay Leno called it, a 3D set. A 3D set, that's very right. Yeah. (laughs) So, Bria Valente, originally Brenda Fuentes. Right. Yes. I don't know when she changed her... Name, it's really unclear from everything I could find, as is much around Bria Valente. Yeah, I don't know if it was her idea to change her name, if it was a name that Prince gave her, which yeah. would be not I, uncommon. No, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. She was pretty young when they first met. She was yep. 17. She was working with Morris Hayes oh, okay. when they met. And she was just 17. Gotcha. So from what I read, she was already going by Bria. Uh-huh. But it's difficult to tell. And it, all of that is, as with all of Prince's protégés, a little subject to interpretation. They might change history a little bit. Sure. Um, and she's probably the protégé who came and like disappeared the... Not maybe not the quickest, but the most. I mean, she's basically vanished. It seems like yeah, like there's very little like official yeah. fan page. I mean, there's official fan pages, but there's not like an official yeah, Twitter not, nothing that, that I can find. To her. Yeah, yeah. So very different than Tamar and Maite and other you know even Apollonia. Is yeah, yeah. They all more kind of in the public eye now. Yeah, they just they're they're. There, they kind of used that platform to, yes, well, which I think was the whole point of Protégés, was to kind of give them a chance to then break out on their own after they've worked with him. Exactly. So this, it all kind of fell apart with his, Prince's relationship with Bria. Yeah, they were romantically involved. Of course they were. Yeah. And she was supposed to be on the Jay Leno show with him when he did a three-night takeover and was supposed to perform one song from each album, and she was not present. Oh, so. I did not know that. Yeah. No, okay. Um, but again, it was very. there wasn't really ever any public comment about it. I would say this is easily the protege album of the most out-of-the-public-eye person that Prince ever you know, worked with. Yeah, somebody who didn't go on to really do anything in the public realm. I'm sure she's done plenty with her life. I'm sure that's also, but nothing, very accessible. nothing to capitalize on, you know, recording an album almost by herself with right. a recording artist like Prince. Right. I read that she worked with Usher as well as Prince. Mm-hmm. She contributed some vocals to 2007's Planet Earth. Yes, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. She's yep. a native of Minneapolis. Yes, born and raised there. Yep. I also read that this album may have been inspired by a lack of new material from Sade. Yes, Prince even said or made some kind of you know princely PR comment about the album that, that they were anxiously awaiting the next album from Sade, and because it didn't seem like it was coming, they decided to make their own. <laughs> so fun. I think it's inspired by her... Approach to music, I went back and listened to a couple albums from the mid-80s that had Smooth Operator and Mm -hmm. Sweetest Taboo on it, just to compare the two. Um, I mean, they're 24 years apart, so I wouldn't say that they're similar at all. But (laughs) the smoothness of it, I think, is what... 
he was probably going for. Totally fair. Yeah. Totally fair. Kind of a smooth R&B female driven. Yep. Yeah. The only promotion that I could find that she did for this was she did an interview with Tavis Smiley. Oh, I have not seen that. So, well, we'll have to check yeah, that out. Yeah, and that's where I confirmed that she was seventeen when the first time they met. Okay, so I'm no. surprised I don't remember seeing that. So, no. well, good find. I'll, I'll see. I'll see if I can actually find it because I watched it. I don't think I saved a link for it, so I'll have to look for it later. (laughs) There was also a digital single, anyway. I don't know if you read about that. Another Boy was released about six months before this album came out in September of 2008. Mm -hmm. It was released the same day as the Indigo Nights photo book and the live after show album came out. The digital single for Another Boy was released. Right. And it was noted in the album artwork as... um, from the album Elixir, spelled with an yeah. I-R on the end. Which is the official way to spell that particular word. Right. If you're a Dungeons & Dragons fan, that looks right yeah. to you. Um, <laughs> yeah. It got changed for the album. Yeah. I was. That was one of my uh, interesting thoughts on this, was that they had it spelled correctly at one point correctly quote-unquote correctly mm-hmm. as the actual word is spelled and then they changed it and i don't yeah i don't understand why, i have a theory okay. on that one oh. but we can wait till we get to track 10 to talk okay about that if you want that's fine the other promo thing that i found that i was shocked to find was that there is an official video for the song every time that what? is clearly official because it's bria on a beach and she's lip-syncing the song and singing it it's not like somebody put a bunch of Right. You know, B roll together to make a fan made compilation. So if you look on YouTube, there is an official video for every time. It's got no Prince involvement, but Bria is there. Okay. Well, then we'll check that out. Boom goes the dynamite mm-hmm. on that one. All right. Before we jump into the songs, I want to give a shout out to our friend uh, Diana Parker, DP Austin on Twitter. She uh, She listened all the way to the end. And sent us a little tweet, and we promised her a shout-out. So if you listen all the way to the end, all the way, all the way, we'll put a little something at the end so that you can tell us what you heard. Then we'll give you a shout-out because it's fun. What a nice reward. In addition to getting to hear all of our thoughts (laughs) on these things, which is reward in itself. Uh, Well, I think so, for sure. All right. So now that I've done that, didn't want to forget because... Good job. Yeah. It's good stuff. Let's talk about the image. It's in very much in You're line. You're talking about the album cover? The album cover, the image yeah. that's... It's not really the cover. That's the cover of her disc. Okay. If it was the packaged art, by itself, which that's what Lotus it Flower like. and MPL Sound was sold separately okay that would be the cover that would be the cover i think of it as the yeah cover i mean it's very cohesive it's got the same kind of color Mm -hmm. purpley pinky reddish background gradients and a kind of Uh a cool type setup for elixir where the capital e and the x and the other e are all kind of connected Mm -hmm. with a little second e is backwards it's kind of fun and looks diamondy and real super saturated colors um Brie is very pretty. I think that this picture is does doesn't do her justice. 
Oh, on the um, album cover? I didn't yeah. go looking for other images um, of her. Only because I saw a part of that appearance on the Tavis Smiley mm-hmm. oh. where she did the interview. I was like, man, she looks young. Oh. And she just, I don't know, she looks almost too made up. Mm-hmm. Like her makeup's too heavy or too dark for... Oh, or digitally enhanced, I'm yeah. sure, also. Yeah. So she's very pretty. She's very pretty on this. She, I think it... She was a prettier woman than this, maybe even a younger woman than this looks oh, like. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, it's a little glamour shoddy in it, a way. Oh, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. All right, now we can dive into the music. So, <laughs> here I come. Where are you going? <laughs> I don't know if this is about uh, traveling direction so much uh. as. Could be many things. No, I think there's some innuendo here for sure. Definitely. So most of this album is written, uh, credited anyway, believed to be credited to um, being written and produced by Prince and Bria. Who knows how much influence she had over the lyrics or if it was mostly Prince, him mentoring her through this process. There are a couple other um, instrumentalists on the album that we can get to as we come across them. But this opening song... Every instrument you hear is Prince, and all the vocals are Bria. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. as a as a Prince fan, if you have not gotten into this album, I'd encourage you to, just from the fact that I had not listened to it many times before prepping for this podcast. It just wasn't something I yeah. came back to. I'd listen to Lotus Flower and Minneapolis Sound and then kind of move on. Um, but if you really want to pay attention to what's going on in 2009 in, in Prince Land, this is a great place to you know dig a little deeper and hearing drums and keyboards That's what you to me. and guitars in the song and knowing who's playing them all is, is pretty cool to hear. Well, and now that I'm more familiar with Prince's work Uh at this time, I can really pick out. I'm like listening to Lotus flower and Uh MPL sound. And then this, like they're all, they all, not that they're samey because they're not, but they all have a sort of cohesive Mm -hmm. sound to them. Well, I think that's how they ended up getting picked. You know, even most of Lotus flower was recorded. The album Lotus flower, the CD Lotus flower was recorded few years prior to this, right. but they all kind of work together with a little right. bit of new material. And then MPL Sound and Elixir, including this first track off Elixir, were newly recorded, mm-hmm. believed to be for, yeah. you know, they but all work together. it has a very print sound. Like, even in the music, yeah. I can identify that it's a print sound. And I, prior to starting this podcast, I don't know that I could have Oh, no. I think you can out. almost pick out his guitar playing. Yes. Like you could his vocals. Yes. Um, and Agreed. I could now. I don't yeah. know that I could have a year ago. Yeah. Well, that's why we're doing this, too. Mm-hmm. You know. It's like that, Is that why we're like doing that this? NPR podcast of, you know, make me smart. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> there we go. But this song is basically Bria singing and a three and a half minute long, what is it, four and a half minute long guitar solo by Prince in the background yeah. going on. It's pretty, It's kind yeah. of a duet between Bria's voice and Prince's guitar. Yeah, agreed. Um, which I think is neat. Yeah. So the lyrics I thought were certainly a lot of innuendo. Yep. You could definitely tell that a young woman like Bria probably got a, I don't know, an assist from Prince in writing these because it almost yes. sounds like Prince writing for a woman. Agreed. Well, and 
as young as she was at this time, yeah, it would be, I think, challenging for her to reconnect with an old lover, to have such nostalgia yeah. about an old lover, which is what this is. It's, yeah. it's a lot of mm-hmm. nostalgia from a previous relationship, thinking back on that, using that as fodder for... Right. Imagination. Or even being able to sing, it's been a long time since I've been with anyone. And uh-huh. she's, you know, yeah, she, yeah, she's in pushing her 20s. 20, maybe, yeah. maybe in around 20, yeah, something like that. In her 20s, I would say, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I guess time is relative. If you're 21 <laughs> and it's been a year, then that's like 5% of your life. So, simple math True. says, Bria, maybe you're right. Maybe yeah. it has been a while. Yeah. Three um, whole months. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a reference in here that I thought was fun to her feeling like the dirty blonde girl in nine and a half weeks. <laughs> Yeah, Kim Basinger. <laughs> who was played by Kim Basinger, who was also involved with Prince in mm-hmm. you know, the late 80s around the Batman era. So yep. I'm sure that they were there was a little bit of fun being had there with... I'm sure. You know, Which, even, you know, thinking back, she maybe was barely born. Um, yeah, because that was 1989, <laughs> would have uh-huh. been 20 years before this album came uh-huh. out. So she would have been a toddler. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she didn't see Nine and a Half Weeks in the movie theater, I don't think. No, no, that was a <laughs> rental or streaming. Uh, I think this song is also dated, and we hear this on, I forget which other song on this album, uh, about a pager. Oh, yep, oh, I was yeah. like, there we are with the yeah. pager again. Yeah. Be well, because yeah, he talked about it in uh, Minneapolis Sound. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. In this day and age, why I'm so elated when I got your pay. Right. I was like, isn't that cute? Just yeah. She got beeped. <laughs> this whole song is about her thinking about getting beeped, I think. <laughs> I think um, you're right. <laughs> uh, the the title is spelled I E Y E, so it's all, you know, Prince Bonics right. the entire thing. It's not Prince a little Bonics. glyph of an I of an E Y E drawing. It's spelled out E Y E. Right. Uh, he did it both ways. Yeah. So it's a smooth, you know, slow to mid-tempo song. Really cool guitar work by Prince in the background. Yep. I thought that she sung it competently. I didn't yeah. think that it was poorly sung. No, not at all. She's, um, I, think her, I think her vocals are really good. I mean, yeah, she's, I think, she's very competent, good. Yeah, she's I wouldn't got, say stellar, no, but, but she good. Has a, she stays within her means, I think, in this song. Oh, that She fair. does what she does well. Right, and she um, does it. it. It is very sultry. Yeah. Um, I don't often think of a bottle of Chardonnay popping when I remove the cork. I mean, <laughs> no. I get, I'm thinking more of like a champagne yeah. pop. Yes. So that was sort of an odd thing. And I was also thinking, are, am I sure she's old enough to be drinking Chardonnay? <laughs> I guess there's no age limit on opening the cork. Uh, yeah. But I can't remember the last time I pulled a cork out of a bottle of Chardonnay and it popped. I mean, like other than like a, a there's a a little like yes. suction release. It's not yes, like a bottle of champagne that makes a loud audible. Yes, but not like an electric rush inside of you going crazy the way she sings. No, so. agreed not. Yep. Um, um, I thought it got a little repetitive at the end, and I did. don't like a fade out. I don't either. Dang it! You said it first. There's <laughs> almost every song on this album that fades out. 
to me shouldn't have because it right. does have a very live feel to it. It's almost a mixture of the sound of Lotus Flower, mm-hmm. a live band sound, even though it's primarily just Prince, and the Minneapolis sound of Minneapolis sound kind of right. mixed together on this. Just some really stellar live studio playing by Prince on drums and guitar again. Um, so for the song not to end, it has that organic feel to it, so the fade out seems a little bit of a letdown to me. Yeah, agreed. Don't fade out on me, man. No, man. I just give give me a beginning. You gave me a nice beginning with the finger snaps. Mm-hmm. Yep. Give me an end. Snap me out. This is what I'm asking. That's right. Don't All make right. me pop like a bottle. Chardonnay. <laughs> so it fades out, and then we head into the second track. All this love. Yes. So this is the first track where we see different musicians join in the fray with C.C. Dunham on drums and brother Joshua Dunham on bass guitar. Otherwise, it's all Prince on instruments and Bria on vocals. Yeah. And you can, again, Prince's style is all over this from the very start. Yeah. This has a little bit of that galactic feel from Lotus Flower, which I really liked a lot. The to the sound of it, she's got this flanger effect on her voice. Oh, this love. Yeah. That actually works really well, I thought. And, you know, the lyrics about... Time travel, moving faster than sound. Secrets lost, but now they're found. Mm-hmm. I thought it reminded me a little of Jamiroquai. Oh. With the, mm-hmm. like, space funk. Yes. It's just like their jam. Yeah. And it, this kind of the especially the effect on her voice really reminded me of that. Yes. Yeah. I really thought it was I don't usually just when we covered 3121 I remember saying I'm not a giant fan of vocal effects I think, but they work well on 3121 and they right. work really well on this song too. Yeah, I thought it was fun and interesting and mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's full of love and doesn't know what her lover is going to do with all that she's going to provide. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it had kind of a, the what are you going to do had a pleasant kind of 70s vibe mm-hmm. to Even it. Even the little drum break that yeah. happens around the chorus is really nice. Uh-huh. Yep, it was just nice. She mentions Bolivian paper dolls. Yeah. Bolivian paper dolls. I... So I went looking. Oh, did you? Because I'm like, what is that? So t- I don't understand. Or, you know, I'm thinking paper dolls like flat. Mm-hmm. Like maybe they make like three dimensional paper dolls. Oh, like that they're, they're like wrapped or you know, oh, like that they would be like worry dolls or something. Mm-hmm. No, I can't find that Bolivian paper dolls are any different than any other kind of paper doll. <laughs> there's nothing markedly different about Bolivia's take on the paper doll industry. <laughs> no, I mean, I just, I thought, surely there's got to be something there. Yeah. And I spent way too much time trying to find what was unique about Bolivian paper dolls. And I don't know what it is. So if you know, tell us. Yeah, definitely. You can find us, tweet us. on Twitter at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast. You can find us on Facebook, The Mountains and the Sea, a Prince podcast. Or you can send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. podcast at gmail.com. The one line of the song that I had not really struck me until I listened to this, because honestly, I think I've heard Prince's live version of the song much more than I've listened to this album up to this point, is actually towards like the latter quarter of the song. She sings, touch you incessantly, pitch a tent in your head. 
I was like, that's such a nice, like, (laughs) devil entendre. And that's a very princely kind of thing to Mm -hmm. make love to the mind. Yes. Um, Well, especially at this time. Yes, when he's, again, not not trying to be clearly explicit, but more implied and innuendo and that type of thing. That is this album in a nutshell. Yes. Mm -hmm. Implied, and also there was a... Due to his religious leanings, he was known to be yes. less physically affectionate towards his partners. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yes, a mind-loving sort of situation. Oh, yeah. It goes yeah. on with her singing, I'm around you like a hand in glove. Don't worry, you're deep enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, very reassuring. Yes, <laughs> I liked the play on words. If you don't bounce, we can have a ball. Uh huh. I thought that was fun. Yeah, I thought yeah. this was a really successful song. And for track number mm-hmm. two, again revisiting this for the first time in a while, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too. I thought it, the seventies and R and B blend was really yep. nice, and her voice fits it really well. Right, and this there was a guitar at right around the two forty mark that was yeah particularly fun. Very, yep. very enjoyable. Yes, there's that's a lot of this has got kind of an electric feel, but live drums and an acoustic guitar deep in the mix in parts that's really successful. It works mm-hmm. really well. Yeah, agreed. So we're moving on to yes. num- track number three, Home. Home. There was a 30-second clip premiered on DrFunkenberry.com on May 5th, 2008. I did not know that. Yes. Wow, that's... A long time before this album was released. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it was something that was being worked on. Right. I would guess that's when it was being worked on because Uh Prince had a history of living very much in the now. And if he was excited about something that was in progress, he'd want people to hear it. Right. So this kind of had like a funky start, maybe Mm -hmm. a little funkier than the first two tracks. Yep. It had a little heavier. Yeah. Uh, I went back and listened to this song again this morning uh-huh. before us recording just to check myself before I said this, and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go with it. Okay. This song has a little hint of the word in it. Ooh. If you listen to how the drums and the acoustic guitar is handled in the word from 3121, and then listen to this song, there are some similarities that I thought... It made me like the song more, realizing, oh, there's there's some, I don't know, musical approaches that are similar. The songs aren't similar, and certainly the messages aren't the same. Right. Uh, but they do sound related. Yeah. In a distant well, way. Cousins. Well, that's interesting, because I found this song perplexing, but pleasant enough. Okay. What, but what, what the, perplexed you about it? Uh, I just, I didn't quite get where they were going. She's come the, to bring peace to your home. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But is whoa, she whoa. an angel? That's maybe what she, I'm trying to figure out. Angel, but yes. now that you bring up the word, uh-huh. that kind of fits with that a little bit. Maybe she is yeah. an angel. Yes. Come I, to come from somewhere else. Right. To yeah, because she says she came something. down yeah. to do this. Yeah. Yes. I think there's a little bit of maybe sexual innuendo I'm sure. there also. I'm sure. So probably a little bit of both. I feel like Prince maybe felt on this, 
in his writing style that he had a little bit more freedom because she was doing the singing yeah. to be a little more overt. Yeah, that's true. It wasn't him saying it. He may have wrote it, but he could hide behind yeah. uh, her a little mm-hmm. bit. I agreed. Far off stage left, right? Yes. Yeah, so the whole point is her coming to bring peace to him and telling him you i mean it seems like she's singing to prince Mm -hmm. that in your life there are many houses but now you finally have a home yes well and i thought that spoke to something that we've seen repeatedly in prince's music is that he had a desire for a long-term relationship where he wasn't being used or at least he thought he wanted that. And it seemed like he got that a couple times and became bored with it, which is almost like how his approach to music was. There was nothing that he, there was no, no one thing. He would find something that he loved and drown himself in it and then couldn't help himself from looking for the next thing. Yeah, that's fair. But he repeatedly went back to these themes where he wants this long-term relationship. And I thought in your life, there are many houses, but now you finally got a home. home. Spoke to that as I see what you're saying. Yeah. That he's whether or not that's something he actually achieved. I think it was more of a spiritual relationship sort of mm-hmm. house and home. I and agree. he was looking for that. Now, whether he became bored with it or whatever, is really beside the fact it's a theme we see in yeah, his music. Yeah, coming back to it. It was right. his vision of, you know, a house with a white picket fence around it. Right, exactly. Or in this case, a home with a white picket fence around it. Or a home that's a large white building in Minneapolis. Yeah, Chan maybe, maybe a big white mansion. Yeah, there you go. Uh, again, for track three, I, I'm not lost on this album yet. Whoa. I was like, you know, I'm still... It hasn't surprised me in any way, and it hasn't gone in a bunch of different directions musically, but it's been consistent, and it sounded good, and I thought her, again, her singing was very competent, yeah. and for the amount of experience that she had, yeah, I'm happily surprised so far. Agreed. Agreed. Not, not, not totally surprised, because I had heard it before, but I'm... Uh, I haven't, you haven't lost me yet. Okay. (laughs) And then we go into a slow jam, something you already know. And we come back to having Cece Dunham on drums and Joshua Dunham on bass guitar, Prince on all other instruments. Yep. Bria singing. Yeah. It starts to see as where where, um, Here I Come kind of got repetitive at the end this track to me starts off a little repetitive okay and then breaks uh, free and then breaks free with the i love it when your body is all up close to me Mm -hmm. all up close to me she says close to me so many times that i want her to get away from me (laughs) okay (laughs) not really not really it's just a little repetitive at the beginning before we get into it's almost like the chorus starts off the song but it's not the chorus it's a verse that is a little repetitive and right. then we get into the real meat of the song right yeah. i thought it there were it had a kind of a fun juxtaposition mm-hmm. of explicit yes trouble walking yep <laughs> and yes. then almost clinical where she talks about like a release of serotonin yes. but she doesn't say it Serotonin. She says that serotonin. Serotonin flow. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. So, you're right. a little mispronunciation there, and I, it didn't really seem like it needed to be mispronounced to fit, so I'm just uh, wondering if, just, like, nobody caught it. And Yeah, they let it go. Mm-hmm. Maybe. They just let it go. Yeah. I like the way the verses are sung, like the melody in her voice, I right. think, is very nice. Yeah. Kind of, again, you know, sweet, but also sensual and right. sexual at the same time. I woke up this morning with a smile on my face mm-hmm. and the sweet aftertaste of loving you. The tag on the end kind of makes it a little explicit. Yes. Yeah, or very yeah. adult anyway. Yeah. This is an adult album. I think if you think of adult R&B, yeah. it's not because it's the music is a style that, that only adults can appreciate. It's because it's the lyrics are... Right. Well, and they're not adult. like the language isn't vulgar. No, you but can play this with your kids in the car. Yeah, and it would, it would just be, go right over their yeah, heads. It would just be yeah. head bobbing along and not know what's mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. Yep. I thought this was kind of funny. She refers to his head as a dome. Yeah, that I happens lo- a couple times on this album. <laughs> she refers to heads as dome. Uh huh. I love it. Uh, about how your favorite song is home. Yes. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if the previous track on this entire album was perhaps his favorite. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I just thought I it might not have insight. been musically, but maybe the meaning behind maybe. it for various reasons could mm-hmm. have been yeah, his favorite on the on the album. I thought I love that lyric too. I thought that was pretty yeah. neat. And then and then uh sex and Skittles? Yeah. <laughs> I love it when you're Face is like a treasure buried in the pot of gold. Yes. Bless it. Um, At the end of the rainbow, come on, come on, taste the rainbow. rainbow. (laughs) Which is one of like the longest running marketing campaigns. Right. Is taste the rainbow is for Skittles. I'm like, well, I think Skittles are vegan. So that makes sense that Prince might enjoy. Some oh, he liked, he liked candy. He we, was head of sweet tooth. We know he that. He did have a sweet tooth. And yeah, definitely that has sexual meanings. There yes. For sure. Yes. Yeah. And then we get back into, I love it when your body's all up close to me. The repetitive part of that yeah. comes back It again. didn't bother me a ton, but it's not one that, it's not a song that I'm going to back listen to a ton, I don't think, yeah. because it's so repetitive. But on uh-huh. occasion in the middle of the album, it's repetitive, but it's also kind of, you know, cooking breakfast or whatever. Yeah. You, you can, know, it's yeah. kind of, I can just bebop along to it. Yeah, I'm kind of like on the same level with these first four songs. That the, not, It doesn't go, it doesn't have any real highs, and it certainly mm-hmm. doesn't have any real lows, and it's all just kind of, it's good, mm-hmm. it's solid. Yeah, that's totally fair. Yeah. Totally fair. And then we have Every Time. Mm-hmm. I thought this was kind of, kind of had an ABBA vibe to me. Kind of a 70s, easy listening. Yeah. It almost sounded a little like Love Like Jazz. Okay. That's kind yep. of what I related it to as kind of a category of music on this collection of songs across these three CDs. Totally fair. Love Like Jazz and 77 Beverly Park mm-hmm. kind of mixed together with some different lyrics equals mm-hmm. every time, time to me. Yeah. It, there was nothing. I didn't find there was anything unusual lyrically. There was nothing super noteworthy that stood out to me musically me either it sort of kind of took a dip here for me a little bit (laughs) this is the first song i heard that i thought well i like 
the beginning of the album. Those first four songs were great, and here I could kind of uh-huh. do with or without this it one. It was just seemed like background music to me. It reminded me of the the music that I would listen to like in the late seventies, early eighties that my parents would always have on in the car. Just mm-hmm. you know, I think that was kinda... sort of the idea behind the song is to have a retro vibe, but I don't know that it was really that successful. No. I also thought the end of the song, there's like this little keyboardy, airy improv thing at the end. Reminded me of, you know, if you have a child who's between the ages of maybe 13 and 20, you'll probably know the Baby Einstein videos. No, yep. <laughs> that could have been playing over video on a white screen of some baby toy flipping around or water in a yeah, tub the, or I don't know. Yeah, That's, what was it? They had that little uh, the little one with the penguins where they went up the stairs. Yeah, and then slid down. And then they went That's down the like, little... Hey, yeah. Every time they yeah, do that. They, they keep, keep doing it every, every time. time. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly... Yes. Yes. I hadn't made that connection, but that's insightful. That, this is uh, the Baby Einstein song of this <laughs> album, which I don't know that it needed. Nope. Um, the other thing I wanted to note about this song is that it's a reappearance of Claire Fisher with string arrangements. that he did the uh, the strings in the song. So I went back and listened to it a number of times to hear that input and tried to imagine it without that part because as we know, Prince and Claire Fisher never met. They communicated through mail and sent tapes back and forth or maybe it was digital files at this point. Anyway, his presence doesn't do much for me mm-hmm. here either. I don't know that there was a lot to be saved. Fair. All right. So again, we're gonna move on. I don't want to say it was like, yeah, this is just terrible, but it was it was a, a valley in the first. There was just a, there. It was I, I literally wrote in my notes. I have almost nothing to say about this. Yeah, I <laughs> guess I mean fairly said. It's unremarkable. Uh-huh. So we yeah. will quit remarking on it. Yes, let's. So then we move into tonight, the number two N I T E. Yes, another song with just uh, Prince on instruments and Bria singing. Yes, uh, this didn't get an official single release. Yeah, but uh, Swiss dance music label Purple Music yep. did release a single of Tonight with remixes by yes. Jamie Lewis uh-huh. and David Alexander in February of 2012. So quite a bit after the fact. I but went looking for them and I, I did not know those re- were out there either until I started reading about this album a little bit and I could not find them. Oh, so okay. I don't have them. Oh. Uh, I don't know where to find them. So we, okay. we can go searching. But Jamie Lewis is a producer, DJ, remixer who's worked on Prince Music a number of times. Mm-hmm. He did all the remixes for for Rock and Roll, Love Affair, and a number of, the, of other Prince songs. Um, mm-hmm. So he, that, the Purple Music label um, came back um, a number of times throughout Prince's career. I think this was one of the first times okay. that it happened, though. Okay. Yep. Oh, I didn't realize you were unaware of those. Yeah, I, yeah no, it's... I did not know about them and didn't have them. I mean, there's not a lot of, you know, chasing after Bria remixes happening. Right. <laughs> but we'll, we'll see if we can track them down. Okay. Then it, I thought it was a fun dance track. It 
It's so funny because I listen to this and I kind of hear the influences. It sounds like it's from the 70s. It sounds like an ABBA song. This one kind of sounded a little bit like Madonna in the 90s to me. Who was trying to sound like the 70s. Right. And, you know, it kind of before Madonna went all EDM, Mm -hmm. but as she was kind of on the cusp of that, that's kind of what this song sounded like yeah, to me. Yeah, it does. It was definitely kind of a style to be chasing after during this period of time, I think, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the it's probably the fastest song on the album, yeah. I want to say, even though it's not really a super fast song. It could work in a club, I guess. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing, because that's what it's about. It's yeah. about a, you know, Yeah, I was like, club. somebody's finally going out at a reasonable time. She's worked hard all week. Uh-huh. She's going to go home, and I just want to get off my feet. H- yeah. Hit me back at a quarter to nine. I'm like, there we go. Somebody's <laughs> resting up before they go out, like 9 yes. p.m.'s not... It's not early. No, no. But, but it's, it's for it's, a club, it's early. Yeah, it so like, I'm like, okay, I could almost hang with this. Almost. Yep. Almost. We're almost young enough to hang with a 20-year-old. <laughs> That's great. Super great. It's funny. She mentions um, how she must avoid brothers who call her shorty in the pickup line and all those who only got one thing on her mind. Brothers who call me shorty in the pickup line. Where Prince has a song on the previous album we covered where he refers to women as shorties. shorties. Yeah. 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 Old school company. Yep. Yeah. And then she talks about old school jams put a smile on your face. Yes. I'm like, surely this is a reference yeah. to old school company. I think it all is, you know, yeah. tied together a little bit. Do you know who Belinda Bianca is? I have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I'm know like, what the so you're gonna is. go to bed at ten. <laughs> <laughs> That's what grown That's right. folks do. Get up at six fifteen. <laughs> you just can't sleep <laughs> and anymore. Who is Belinda Bianca? I don't know. Do you know who Belinda Bianca is? If you do, tell us because I don't know who Belinda is. I don't know. She sounds like a lady that has great breath. <laughs> <laughs> That's my best guess. That's not Bianca, right? It's Bianca. Bianca. Right. Yeah. I said it sounds like it. <laughs> okay. I'm just making sure I got it right. <laughs> uh, so I think overall this is a nice recovery from every time. Agreed. It again. This is a song. None of the songs really go in different directions once they start it. I mean, I think that might be kind of the Sade experience too. Right. Is, is that it's this song is this thing? Yeah. For there's four no minutes, surprises in it. This is what you're going to be hearing. Yeah. You know, there are breakdowns and that kind of thing um, in a couple different places, but nothing that, no, no song takes a dramatic change in direction that right. you weren't expecting. Right. Then we have Another Boy, as you mentioned before. This was the first and only single. It was a download single. Right. Yeah. Yeah, with the name of the album spelled differently in it. Right. Um, so just uh, Prince on instruments and Bria singing. I think if there's any song on this album, if you've not listened to it, that you could listen to and say, oh, I can't appreciate that because it sounds like super heavy Prince influence. Mm-hmm. This is it yeah. with the Lindrum. It's got kind of a purple rain drum sound to it. Yep. Very Minneapolis sounding. Minneapolis style. And then some acoustic guitar work going on over it, which is a neat c- combination of instruments, yep. I think. 
I thought it was good. I think that her vocals again on this work really well. It goes from high to low. This is sort of the most vocal range range that we hear. Where we hear like a low register for her and then high again. But, you know, it's a sweet song about her, you know, basically serenading her boyfriend, her Uh man. Yeah, she's um, devoted nobody, to him. Nobody can compare to him. This is yeah. like uh, nothing compares to you, comma, boy. <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was sweet. She's devoted to him. Uh-huh. She can trust him. She knows he's going to be home when she calls. She does what he needs her to do and more because she loves him mm-hmm. and wants to care for him. And I thought that was nice. I did think it was interesting that she refers to him affectionately as boy. Yeah. Well, you know, which is kind of unusual. I mean, normally you hear like, he's my man. This is my man. Men will talk about women as girls. Yeah. It's very common. I have, I still find myself referring to grown women as girls uh-huh. and then, try to be better about it that they're women yeah. we have to respect that they're adults mm-hmm. but i thought this was kind of sweet and kind of an interesting juxtaposition that she's it's she's using this as a, such a term of endearment when so often boy is used as a belittling term yeah that's true yes that's a very good point. Yeah. A boy is, you know, an inexperience. I mean, if you call a, a grown man a boy, it's yeah, an it's, insult. Yes. But for some reason you call, oh, that's my girl. Uh-huh. It's supposed to be flattering. Yeah. And not yeah. Belitt- belittling. There's, I think it's after the verse where she sings, every time another boy speaks, kind words of, words of praise or fantasy. To me, they're just another boy and not the coolest boy who brings me joy. There's a little instrumental part where she goes, yep, in the background. <laughs> I thought that was really, it was a cool improvisation or a neat little moment uh, in the song. And this was, I think, the first time of many that she references cologne and hair. Yeah. Um, You know, where she says, And later on, there's references to cologne and hair the same, Uh in the same order, I think, too. Oh, okay. Um, That's funny. She might not have been talking about Prince there because he, I don't think he ever had an I don't care style of hair. He's very particular about now, his hair. Yeah, it might have been done in a way that looked free form, uh-huh. but probably yeah. still he sat in a chair for an hour for someone to make it look that way. Yeah. Um, and I love the ending of this song too. It sounds very Minneapolis style Prince sounding where it breaks down and it's just a little keyboard mm-hmm. and the Lindrum and it actually comes to an end yes. and has a little guitar ending on it that's very kind of Glory sweet and fun. Glory give us an end. Yeah, I thought that this song was uh, really successful, the way that it was produced and it fit her voice really well and the instrumentation is really top-notch. I thought it was great. So next up, we've got Kept Woman, a song that we have heard before. If you were following Prince in the 2000s, you'll know that this was originally recorded recorded for Tamar. Ashley Tamar Davis. Ashley Tamar Davis um, was supposed to be on her album that had a few different names with Prince during the 3121 era that never saw the light of day. Uh, but did get a brief release in Japan, and so it sort of yeah. made the round. So Milk and a, Honey. Yes. Yes, so which supposedly Ashley Tamar has told us that there may be something coming from that in 2019. So I don't know if it's from that or she, yeah, I mean, it's she was very mysterious about it, but said she's planning something. Yeah. 
Um, and it said previously that Prince kind of had a roadmap for her that didn't require approval for her to release stuff that she worked on. Right. That's with great. him. Of course, others have thought that and have been sued to the tune of $4 million recently. Yep. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. So this is a complete re-recording. It's not like uh, they just took Tamar's version and removed, removed stripped yeah. her vocals and let Bria sing it again. Prince is on all instruments, again, with C.C. Dunham on drums and Joshua Dunham on bass guitar, and Prince plays all the instru- other instruments. Mm-hmm. So it, when he said he was looking for that Sade feel, I think this song is probably the closest that you'll get to, you know, right. smooth operator. Right. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, very adult, contemporary kind of song and sound. Here we go. Was it his cologne or the style of his hair? They told me I should stay away and not go there. Mm-hmm. She sings. So for the second song in a row, there's cologne and hair coming into play. Yes. Um, I thought it was maybe hmm, just a little squicky. With uh, She's 17. Obviously, he's much older. She's mm-hmm. talking about how she's this kept woman. Mm-hmm. Is she a slave? Is she well, or is she somebody's having an affair with? You know, they have a house where only the two of them have the key. Yes, is that? And she talks about being alone quite a bit, and yeah. how sad she is that yep. she, you know, she cries and raises her voice and has to hug her pillow, right? And has butterflies. Yeah, I'm like, is, is like, it because she's against... anticipating him, or is she worried about being found out? Yeah. Is she kept as in like taken care of or kept as in in a relationship that she'd rather not be in? Or that she doesn't feel maybe not even so much that she doesn't want to be in it, but she is in it the way she is because it's not possible to have a complete relationship with this person. Mm -hmm. It is. It has a little bit of a duality to it. Yeah. On the surface, it sounds like she's singing about how well she's treated. Yeah. And how she doesn't care that. Yeah. It might sound weird. I understand it, but it's great. She lists, you know, spiritual, physical, chemical, emotional, and everything in between. Yeah. But then there are all those little lines that slide in there that you mentioned that make you question. Yeah. What exactly? Is sitting right with her or not? Right. Yeah. It's It's kind of interesting. I, I, it's a little squeaky, but it's also interesting. Yeah, maybe it's squeaky, that's... but it's uh, but it's also intriguing. I want to I want to think about it more. Yeah. and try and figure out where she's at with this. I don't know that we really get a whole lot of answers. No, but it but, does. It's one of those songs that on the surface you listen to, and it's like, oh, that's so pretty, and then you start listening mm-hmm. to it more, and there's a lot more there to uncover. Right. Uh, than you might think, you know, after first listen, especially when she says, Who was she trying to convince? Yeah. (laughs) So, a really interesting song and really well played. And I think this fits her vocals as well as Tamar. They both did this really well. Yes. Um, Fit fit their style. Yep. And again, we have probably a reference to Minneapolis sound. Yeah. So, I mean, dance probably for me. dance for me. Yeah. Pretty obviously a reference there. But yeah, it was interesting. It's one of those to like think about. It kind of makes me uncomfortable, but in an interesting way. That's a good description. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we've made it to the penultimate track. Uh-huh. Immersion. 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 Kind of um, ethereal sounding. 
yeah. really uh, woohoo, new age, mm-hmm. very adept at the art of releasing. She let all of her inhibitions go with the unexpected shock of a bee sting. She got pulled into the future and into the new world. Right. I thought it was just, it's very like, sounds like we should be having our crystals yeah. and, you know, burning our incense. Yeah, no no doors, just beads hanging from the ceiling mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. When she repeats that, since you went there first, where uh-huh. there's this repeating of... I've been listening to this trying to decide if I can hear Prince singing that in the background or not, and I can't really decide. Oh, okay. Um, so, I don't know. Go back and listen hmm. to that, because her voice gets low, and his higher register sounds a lot like her. Which, right. I don't know. I couldn't tell if that was him or not. I'm going to say no, because I would think that Prince Vault would have you know mentioned that somewhere along the lines, but it does sound a lot like him. Fair. Um, so like you mentioned, there's no percussion in this. It's mm-hmm. just, this is like Ross Geller made it into Paisley Park <laughs> with his keyboard. And Bria happened to be there and had some lyrics to sing over it. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right then. Yeah. That's how I came up, came out on this one. I thought that the lyrics themselves were, you know, the very adept at the art of blank and the repeating of that was an interesting kind of turn of phrase. Right. But, I don't know, the style of the song and the kind of just a spoken almost kind of thing with the synthesizers in the background feels somewhat unfinished to me. Yeah. Like it was a good idea that never really was quite fully executed, maybe, the full way. I don't know. They were trying something. They were trying something different. I get. I don't know if it worked or not, but they tried it. I get that. I can appreciate that. Disc three and a three disc set where you have 30 some odd songs so you can do different things like this especially when you're prince and your name is not in the forefront and it's you know a chance to noodle around a little bit and that's what i kind of chalk this song up to yeah agreed yep agreed and then we have the final track the title track elixir right which i also read again claire fisher did the string arrangement oh i didn't realize that i didn't know that before looking into this album Mm mm-hmm uh, I thought it was interesting that they chose the title track as the last track. It's not unheard of, but I don't mm-hmm. think it's super common. Usually the title track of it is either the very first track on an album or somewhere like in the first several so that when you buy a very often the title track is the one that ends up being a single. Yeah. And so people want to hear that. This yeah. wasn't really set up that way. No, and Prince has done it all kinds of ways. Yeah, like Purple Rain being the last song on Purple Rain. Right. But then you have like Around the World in a Day and Sign of the Times and 3121 and Musicology all mm-hmm. kick off with the lead track and the Rainbow Children. You go on and on. And right. then you've got an album like Love Sexy where the title track is track two on side two. Right. So it's buried in the middle of it all. So we've seen it all different ways, but I don't think that this was really a song that was set up to be a single at all. The nice surprise here is that it is a duet between Prince and Bria. So you've made it through this entire album that has hit what you would say is, well, that's a solid song. That's a solid song. And that's had some valleys Mm -hmm. too. And then you get to the 
the last song and you're like, well, how is this whole thing going to end up? And you actually end up with a nice surprise of a duet with Prince, I don't know, schooling Bria on how to sing. Mm-hmm. And he sings her out of the studio. Yeah. yeah. In every single way. Oh, well. With this pen yeah, I mean, he, he did wasn't, that to pretty much everybody. He did, but he wasn't holding back to make her look good. No, I guess fair. That's what I'm saying. Where I came out on Elixir and the change to from IR to ER on the end. Yes, you had a theory. I had a theory that Elixir sounds a lot like the three words he licks her. Throughout the song, towards the end, you know, oh, elixir, up and down, elixir, round and round, elixir, don't stop, baby. So much more sense. Because I was like, elixir is just a word. It doesn't mean anything here. But when you put it in that context, oh, and they continue, you know, with his pen, ink, and tongue, is this real or all in fun? He writes it there. Mm, Uh huh. It's a little alphabet Alphabet street Street reference. (laughs) There's a there's a point at, toward the end of the song where their voices, he, he Prince is in the left, she's in the right, and then they switch. Yeah, she's in the right and he's in the left, and it's a little unexpected. And for a moment, you don't realize that they've changed until you can, you know, yeah. re- register what happened. I yeah, thought I thought that really was cool really producing. fun in the stereo when you're listening to it in headphones at yeah. the end. Uh-huh. That that was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so as far as like a super slow duet between Prince and an unknown vocalist like mm-hmm. Bria, right? I thought this was really super successful. And if you're living the life of Prince in the late 2000s, and there's not a foul word in this no. entire song, but it is a dirty, dirty song. <laughs> if my theory is right, this, I is, think you're this right. is the dirtiest song on the entire three-disc three set. <laughs> yes, so, uh, kudos for hidden dirtiness yeah. and uh, Good job, hidden, Prince. hidden sexiness. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Well, that's it. that scene, and I'm going to have to go back and listen to the song again now, because I was like, two animals spawning in a river. I'm like, spawn is like the least sexy word ever. It may mean reproduction, but it is so unsexy. <sighs> Now I have to go back and listen to it again because well, that was not not the sexy part of the song. <laughs> go back and listen again and try to uh, not think of fish. <laughs> Good. All right. So we have rules, a format, things yes. that we do. We pick three things every episode. We pick a time capsule, something that exemplifies the time at which the album was recorded or... When it was released, the choice is up to the host that we choose a C, the low point, not necessarily bad, just the thing that spoke to us the least, and our mountain, our high point. So, Where are you starting? Time capsule? Yeah, as always, we always start with the time capsule. Okay, the floor is yours. I will start. I thought home was the time capsule because it had a very 2009 hip-hop sound to it. It sounded the most like 
what else was happening, where yeah. so much of this sounded like the 70s, mm-hmm. this had a little more modern of a sound to it. That makes a lot of sense. And actually, I feel better about that choice after your description of the, you know, the ideal vision of love and a uh-huh. relationship that's sort of embodied in this song, whether it be with a love interest or with music. Right. It all kind of fit in here. And that was, you know, a time when Prince was thinking about these things. This was a late career album, I think you could call it. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. I was torn between two songs here. Okay. And I think my time capsule is going to be All This Love. Okay. Um, and the reason will, I guess, come two episodes from now as we look at some of the live appearances that uh, the concerts that Prince played during this time. His take on this song totally changed my opinion on it. And I come back to it and listen to the studio version. Then I'll go back and listen to his live version from his appearance at the Montreux mm-hmm. Jazz Festival. And that song is the peak of the entire thing to me. And so listening to it on the studio album, her version of it, and listening to his instrumentation with her singing over it just sounds like 2009 to me. So that's my reasoning there. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. All right, then we have the C, the thing that spoke to us the least. Or the thing that sunk the album. (laughs) I don't think anything sunk this album, but I will definitely be skipping... Every time from now on, because it's just, it's forgettable. Well, uh, X gets the square, but oh, we right. have a match. <laughs> uh, I completely agree. Okay. That every time, for you know, I didn't mention this, but we've gone into grammar issues before. I think that the proper <laughs> title for this song should uh-huh. be Every Space Time. <laughs> Not an adjective every time, uh-huh. which I don't expect someone who mispronounces serotonin to understand or care about. <laughs> um, but yeah, the ending of this song has got to be the weakest point on the entire three discs uh-huh. that we've got to listen Agreed. to here. I get trying different things and spreading your wings and doing something different across a wide you know, canvas like a three disc set. But again, it just it went into baby Einstein territory for me very, very quickly. <laughs> And it just seems like, why include it? Yeah, and I thought, you know, for her vocal range and experience, mostly, like we said, she stays within her comfort zone, and that's Mm -hmm. great for this entire album. Here, her voice kind of has to carry the entire thing Mm -hmm. because the music is uh, just very laid back. Um, So her vocals are the thing that keeps it moving forward, and I think they come up a little short for me. Right. Great. All right. Not great. Not great, but great that we agree. That's exciting. That is. Always fun when moment. that happens. We've had the same songs be one of our seas and the uh, other's oh, mountains before. Uh-huh, we rarely that's agree. Much, that's much sadder. <laughs> or more exciting. <laughs> okay, and then we have a mountain. Our favorite thing on the album. Here the we go. part, the high point for us. The thing we like the most. Mm-hmm. I think I liked Tonight to be my mountain just because it's it's so fun and danceable i felt like it was the most successful song on the album and makes sense that i feel that way because then it ended up with some remixes yeah yeah that we need to find yeah i thought that that might be one of your low points because i never it never struck me it's sort of a little bit of a house music kind of thing Uh which i never really thought of you as liking a lot although like the song loose i know you love so 
it's easy for me to contradict myself like that, but I didn't <laughs> think that that would be the type of music that would I think appeal in to you. Alternate universe. I'm a raver club kid somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's there's a there's a much different ending in an alternate universe somewhere, <laughs> which probably ends up with me high in a ditch somewhere. Wow. But <laughs> that's not this this reality. So yeah. it's currently one twenty five in the afternoon. The alternate universe, Christy, is just waking up somewhere for breakfast. <laughs> high in a ditch. That's a new one for me. <laughs> You think I'd be low in a ditch, but that's, you know that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Uh, so tonight is your mountain. My mountain is another boy. Okay. Uh, just because I thought it was the sweetest, and it is. It's a slowish song, but it's a lot of fun. Um, it seems to me like Prince is having a ton of fun with his guitar work in this song. Uh, some really high notes on guitar, on guitar, especially how the song ends. And bringing back that Minneapolis sound, Lindrum, from the really just to me sounds like a Purple Rain era kind of instrument right. or sample. Yep. I thought was really fun. And I, I've listened to that song probably more than any other song on the album. I keep coming back and putting it on repeat. And yeah. I really do enjoy it. And I think she sings Good. it wonderfully. Yeah, agreed. I think she did a great agreed. job. Agreed. All right. Now, last time we had said that we were going to do one more episode on this three disc set and cover a whole bunch of stuff. And we talked about it and we're going to do two more episodes. Actually, yeah, there's just too much. To there try is, to do there really episode. is too much. So next time we're going to talk about, uh, the videos, the remixes provided we can find them non physical release album tracks. There mm-hmm. was, uh, song that was on the download version of lotus flower, of lotus flower. we're going to talk right. about that mm-hmm. uh he did a bunch of appearances he was on jay leno three nights he did an interview with tavis smiley he was on ellen ellen so we're going to look at all that stuff and talk about it and then for the final episode in this series we're going to talk about uh montreux the nokia after show yep and the Lotus Flower website. Right. So we just decided Montreux was, it was too, it's too good. It's too good. It's it one is of too the, good. Unfortunately, it's not officially released, but, um, a lot of it's on YouTube. Yeah, so, and it's been circulating among fans in soundboard form, just the audio of it. Right. Almost for eight years now. Yeah. So I think if you, um, boy, if you're looking for a Prince concert to just kind of serve as the, almost the peak of his talent and power, uh, this is the one, so I think we were right to uh, to include it as a, as a dedicated episode. Yep. All right, so now I promise that if you listened all the way to the end, I would give you something that you could tweet at us for a shout-out. Oh, so yeah. I want you to tell us who you think Belinda Bianca is. So she was in Tonight, yeah. My Mountain. We don't know who she is. You can make something up. I don't care. I, I think, don't care. I, I think, think you I, tell I us. I think I'm right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's she's, she's Benaka. Yes. Yeah, she has good breath. So she's a blast to be around. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so tweet at us, Tmats Podcast, or you know, send us a Facebook comment or whatever. You know, 
at the Mountains and the Sea of Prince podcast on Facebook, or you can send us an email. I'll shout you at them that way too. So, but thanks for listening today. We appreciate it. We know that you have choice, that we're not just coming on the radio, and we certainly appreciate you checking us out today. Yeah, thanks for listening. Have a great one.